Hello, it's March the 9th, 2019. This is my third podcast leading up to the Women's World Cup this summer. And I just wanted to touch base on the events or tournaments that happened during this past few weeks in women's football. Um, the There were four main tournaments uh, that happened recently. There was the She Believes Cup, the Cup of Nations or Nations Cup, the annual Algarve Cup and the annual Cyprus Cup. Now, with these tournaments, I know the Sea Believes Cup is fairly new, but with these tournaments, it usually kind of gives you an idea about how the favourites for the World Cup are playing, how what kind of form they're in. But looking at these four tournaments, it clearly shows that the gap between the top five or six teams in women's football and those nations that are outside the top 10 or just inside the top 10 has closed dramatically in the last uh, three or four years. Now, usually when you go into a World Cup, there are three or four teams that are obviously going to be, you know, you're looking at them to be in the final. And that's usually America or the USA, uh, Japan, Germany, Matildas or Australia, Brazil, China, you know, there's there's teams that are always going to be those uh, that are deemed as favourites. But these tournaments have really shook things up a little bit for this World Cup. And I'm really excited. Uh, the She Believes Cup was won by England. And that really surprised me because it didn't really surprise me about England winning because England are, you know, in the, in the top four in the world. But what did surprise me was that how poorly the other teams seemed to play. England, for me, didn't play fantastic. They were solid in defence. I think they had a, a really good um, midfield. The attack for me is still a little bit under power. But when you look at the teams like America and Brazil, they've always been solid in all areas. But I actually felt that this tournament, both of them were not together. There's there's something not right with, with their togetherness. And I think that it isn't a worry for them. Uh, their fans shouldn't be too worried. But... I think that both America and Brazil have a lot of work to do. England, for me, are still lacking a world-class striker. They have solid, solid midfield. And the problem being is that there's the uh, FA, or the Women's League, is getting a lot of injuries now. I think Christensen, Izzy Christensen's just been injured as well during the tournament. So I'm not really sure if she's going to be fit for the World Cup. I hope she is, but I'm still thinking that England need a out-and-out striker, and in my first podcast, for me, that solution is Natasha Dowie. Uh, in the Algarve Cup, Norway ran out 3-0 winners in the final. Now, Norway have one of the best players in the world in Hegerberg, but she's actually not going to be in the World Cup due to her personal stance on the state of women's football in Norway. Now, I completely respect her decision but it's also going to be a bit of a shame knowing that one of the top strikers in women's football is not going to be at the World Cup. She's a Balloon Dior winner this year. And for one of the best players in the world not to be in the biggest tournament in world football, it's going to be a bad thing for the fans. And it's a shame, really. But I respect her decision and I hope that she'll come back to women's football soon. It's almost been two years now since she's been uh, out of the national team. The Cyprus Cup was won by um, uh, Republic of Korea. Um, I didn't see much of this tournament, um, but Korea are always a dangerous team. Both Republic of Korea and North Korea. They've always been of one of those teams that has very, very um, up and down tournaments. 
But um, they're one to look out for. Spain are another team that I think are going to do pretty good in this World Cup. They are emerging as one of the leading nations in women's football. They had a game uh, two or three weeks ago where 45,000 people turned up for a league game. Now, when you think about the average attendance in Sweden and England of being, you know, two or three thousand, this was incredible to see 45,000 turn up for a women's game. And, you know, they, they're doing good. Their junior teams are emerging into the senior team and they're playing absolutely fantastic right now. In the Cup of Nations, the Matildas or Australia run out winners. Um, they look solid. They have a really good form of youth and experience in the team. And I actually think that they're going to be, for me, probably the dark horse going into the World Cup to win it. I, I actually think that they can win it. The only negative that they have at the moment is that they have gone through a managerial change with their manager leaving uh, a few months ago. And when a new manager or temporary manager comes in, it's always going to be a period of uncertainty because Phil Neville has taken over as manager of England and it's taken him maybe one and a half years to really kind of get his squad together. The Matildas only have uh, two months to prepare for the World Cup and a great way to do it by winning this uh, this small tournament. But at the same time, the manager must come in and, and do what he needs to do. They have some brilliant young players in the likes of Ellie Carpenter and Sammy Kerr. But they also have a, got a lot of experience with the likes of Lisa Devana, who's playing in a, hopefully in a fourth World Cup. Polkinghorne, who's, you know, she's played in World Cups and Olympics. So they've got a good balance. It's, it's really interesting right now in women's football about how the teams that have been always there or thereabouts, the Swedens, the Americas, the Germanys, the, the Japans, the Brazils, are really now being caught up by a lot of the, the smaller teams that have always had a bit of a gap between them. This is, for me, is going to be the most exciting World Cup I've ever seen in women's football. I would not like to pick a winner right now. I'm going to plump with Australia with the possibility of Germany being in the final. Rank outsiders, the dark, dark horse for me are Spain. Norway also are look a formidable team, but without Hegerberg, I'm not sure if they're going to be uh, as strong as they can be. America, Canada, always dangerous. France, you know, England. I mean, it, it's a really open World Cup. And it's going to be really, really exciting to go there, to watch some games and really take part in this as part of the We Live Football movement for FIFA. Um, a great week for women's football and um, I'm really looking forward to this World Cup now. Uh, very quick podcast. Um, that's my thoughts on the She Believes Cup, the Cyprus Cup, the Algarve Cup and the Cup of Nations. Congratulations to Korea, England, Australia and Norway. Um, great tournaments and really will be podcasting more in the next few weeks.